welcome everybody who are in the park. Welcome in Facebook. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now let's listen to his story. Scott of the Antarctic was a naval officer and explorer who died attempting to be the first to reach the South Pole. Robert Falcon Scott was born on June 6, 1868 in Devonport, England. He became a naval cadet at the age of 13 and served on a number of Royal Navy ships in the 1880s and 1890s. He attracted the notice of the Royal Geographical Society, which appointed him to command the National Antarctic Expedition from 1901 to 1904. The expedition reached farther south than anyone before them, and Scott returned to Britain a national hero. He then started planning an expedition to, the to be the first to reach the South Pole. The expedition set off on October 1910 with mechanical sledges, ponies, and dogs. The motor sleds soon broke down. The ponies had to be shot, and the dog teams were sent back at Scott and four companions continued foot through appealing weather and increasingly tough terrain. By January 1912, only five men remained Scott, Wilson, Oates, Bowers, and Evans. On January 17, they reached the South Pole, only to find out that the Norwegian party led by Roald Amundsen had beaten them by over a month to their base camp 930 miles away. Weather on the return journey was exceptionally bad. Evans died by mid-February. By March, Oates was suffered, suffering from severe frostbite, and knowing he was holding back to his companions, he walked out into the freezing conditions, never to be seen again. Scott and the other two survivors were trapped in their tent by a storm only 11 miles from their base camp. Scott wrote a final entry in his diary in late March. The frozen bodies of he and his two compatriots were recovered eight months later and were buried under the tent with a pile of ice stones and snow to mark the spot. I have always been fascinated by these kind of stories, this true story specifically, not only because of the extreme situations of these floaters that surrounded them in those uh, times, 1800s, but also because it reminds me how sometimes things, things won't happen as we expect. Even though we carefully plan for them and we think about all the different scenarios, still bad things will happen. In my personal life, I've been thinking and praying for peace of mind, as in the last couple of months, I've been worrying about a lot of things that I cannot control. One example is last December, we're having this plan to go back to Mexico and enjoy the holidays with my family, with my wife's family, and 
just seeing family and friends there. And we knew there was a possibility that this won't happen. So we came up with plan B. And still, when things didn't work out, even though we had been praying about it, prepared about it for that situation, when things didn't work out, we still felt disappointed. And that's where I started to pray and understand that there are always going to be things that are out of my area of influence. There are things that I can control, the way I react to things, the way I uh, dress, the things that I eat, common things. But then again, we have external things that influence our lives, things like weather, things like politics, um, any community event, there's always going to be things that are going to affect or impact your life. So what happens there? We usually worry because we don't have control, or we worry because of the things that we don't have control with. And we set expectations that are high or unreasonable, and sometimes they're not met. The truth is, we don't have control about our future. But God, he does. The truth is, we don't know what the future will bring, but God, he knows. This is where I need to practice, and we need to practice trusting God, trusting God's plans for his, and his promises in our lives. The book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works for the good of those who have called for his purpose. You have been called for his purpose. The scripture is saying here that God works for what is good in my life, in your life, through everything that comes around your way, even hard and painful situations that come to our lives. We will we live in a fallen world this is detailed in Genesis 3. But God has promised to work for us. And he has given us the Holy Spirit, his presence in this world, to help us go through these things. So ask yourself, what kind of good things have come from God? What God has done to you or has done to your life? What are his promises? And how can we reach those promises? Knowing who God is and what he has done in our lives can set us up for trusting him more every day. Anxiety and worry are just a misunderstanding of who God is, what he has done in our lives, and what he has promised you. To help us remember what God has spoken to our lives, let's go over a few truths about God and also a few promises that can help us with, that we find in the scriptures. And this is the first feeling. Let's go over for truth number one. God knows everything about you. God already knows everything that will happen in your life. He knows the beginning and the end. This is called God's omniscience. It means that God knows everything and there is nothing that happens in your life that surprises God. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 13, 
nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The book of Psalm, chapter 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. No one knows me better than God. Not my parents, not my wife, my daughters. They might be able to tell you how I am like. They might be very accurate and precise on her description. But only God knows what's in our hearts. Only he knows what's in your, our minds and what are your struggles. And that is why all of his plans are good. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is a promise from God for your future. Plans for prosperity, plans not to hurt you, plans to give you hope and a future. This word gives me a lot of confidence because God knows what's good for me. He has that ready for me. I just need to obey his commands and trust him with my life. Truth number three, God can be trusted. And he, sorry, we should obey his commands. If you want to follow God's plan in your life, you must choose to trust and obey God. Every day we have to make a lot of decisions and we have to decide whether we obey God or we just do what we want. Should I be doing what the Bible says or should I just do what I think is right and convenient? The book of Deuteronomy chapter 30 talks about the prosperity that comes by trusting the Lord and specifically in verse 19 we can find an offer of life, sorry, of life and death. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I set before your life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. God's blessings are there for us to reach out and have them as we look for his guidance in our lives. Now, truth number four, God is with you every step in the way. One of the most repeated promises of God in the Bible is, you will not be alone. I will never leave you. I will never forget you. I will never abandon you. I will be with you. My presence will be with you. This promise is repeated hundreds of times. And the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 to 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Why does this promise talk about the love of money and contentment? God is saying, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. What do you worry about? 
Why do I worry about? Don't you think God can supply everything we need? Let's, let's recap these four truths. We know God knows our past, our present, and our future. We also know God's plans are good. You can come into that good plan by trusting obeying God, and God is with you every step of the way. Where in your life do you need to know this? Where have you been depending on yourself and forgetting these big truths? Holy Spirit, living God, we ask you to show us those areas we are calling, you are calling us to trust your goodness and plan for our lives. We give you these situations, these struggles, these areas of our lives that we need help with. Help us, Lord, remember your goodness and rest in you. Now, these were four truths. Now, let's look at some promises that we can also find in the scriptures. The first promise is God will guide you when you're confused. God promised to guide you when you're confused. We're making decisions every day, as we said, all day long. Some of them are easy decisions. Some of them are actually hard decisions we need to, we need to advise for. And the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lead none on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. God wants you to make the right decisions every time, and He promises to help you always, especially when you don't have clarity. God has a perspective of your life and your future that you desperately need to have. Second promise, God promises to help you when you are tempted. We will always be tempted by sin and we might never be mature enough not to fall into temptation. And God has promised to provide a way out of temptation. In the first book of Corinthians, verse 13, chapter 10, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. We need to hear this today. Not only because we might feel ashamed when we are tempted, but because sometimes we think there is no way around but sin. But there is. Promise number three, God promises to help you when you find yourself in trouble. We're going to have problems in this life as we live in a broken world. But Jesus said in the book of John, verse 33, chapter 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But he also promised in Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God can and He will help you through your problems. He will give you the strength to face them. 
Now let's recap again. Three big promises from God. He promises to guide you when you are confused. He promises to help you when you are tempted. He will give you a way out. And three, God promises to support you when you find yourself in trouble. Where in life you need this support, this guidance from God? Where have you been tempted and not trusting God and obeying Him? Where do you need His help and support? Bring those to God. Lord, we want to trust you and we want to bring these struggles and bring these promises to our lives. Help us, Lord. Now let's look at three other promises. Promise number four, God promises to deal with those who hurt you. God is keeping track of the times that you have been hurt in life. The book of Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, say the Lord. There will be a day of accountability. There will be a day of judgment. God is going to take care of justice. If we trust in His promise, can we let go of those feelings of resentment and vengeance? God doesn't want you to waste time seeking revenge because that only will bring bitterness, and He knows that. Next promise. God promises to reward your service and generosity. God wants you to grow and mature and be like Christ. Feel, love, serve, and give like Christ. The book of Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, for you and for me. The words serve and give describes what it means to follow Christ. And the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him. As you have helped him, his people, and continue to help them. Jesus laid down the perfect example of service. How can you and I serve together? How can we be more like Jesus in front of our families, in front of our communities at work? Now let's look at the last promise. God promises to keep you safe until you get to heaven. We are saved by the grace of God. And He will keep us safe until we go to heaven. God will always be with me and with you. And His love will never stop. The book of John chapter 10 verse 28 I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand this alone is a reason for you and me to stop worrying about our future if we have trusted God with our eternity can we trust him with our lives in this world let's recap these last three promises God promises to deal with those who hurt us. He promises to reward us for our service and generosity. And He promises to keep us safe until the day we face Him. 
How do I reach these blessings from God? How do we practice trusting God every day? Loving God is keeping His commands. And if we keep His commands, He promised He will make all things work for, for our good. So we can ask today, ask God to take our worries away. Ask Him to bring us peace, that peace that He can only bring to our lives through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. We have faith that God is trustworthy and that following His commands will bring blessings to our lives. We need to practice this faith. We need to put it in practice because the word says in James 2 verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it's dead. So the next feeling, to have peace, we need to trust God and keep his commands. And what are these commands? The book of Matthew shows us exactly what we need to do here. Verse 37 and 39. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus didn't promise a life free of pain. But he promised that as we trust him, he will have, we will have this peace. A kind of peace that only he has bring to our life. Now let's ask ourselves. Where are we having trouble trusting God? What areas of our lives He's bringing up to our attention today and saying, I can help you, trust me, hand this to me. Holy Spirit, show us where you are inviting us to trust you more. Let you rule and reign over our lives more. Show us where you're asking us to hand you so we can lead us in the good way. I have always admired people that can stay calm after adverse circumstances. I always admire them because they have this strong personality and I feel confident just being around them. But something's going wrong, so let's think about a delay, a struggle, something's not going well. You look at these people and they look calm, they look peaceful. And I think about my grandfather, my grandfather, uh, Abuelo Nacho. He used to be that person. He always had something nice to say, something funny to say, to make you laugh. And even in uh, moments of desperation or just uh, hurtful uh, moments, he sometimes will say something and he sometimes he will be just stay quiet. And now I know why he stayed quiet some of these times. And that's because he didn't have anything nice to say or anything funny to say. He was just living the moment. But still he didn't complain. He didn't, you didn't see him unpeaceful. And that's what I'm asking God in my life to be that strong person for my family, for my community. Knowing God is in control, and nothing in this, in this world will lead me away or get me away from him. Like Captain Scott, 
Some of us have experienced situations of anxiety and desperation, when things don't go as planned or bad things happen to us or to people around us. It is then when we can turn to God and ask for help, ask for his comfort as we go through difficult times. As I shared in the beginning, last month we faced an abrupt change of plans. And instead of going to Mexico to spend the holidays, and we haven't seen our family for more than a year now, we had to stay in this country because some paperwork not coming on time. But trusting God in this situation, knowing there's a reason behind, a master plan that he only knows about, making sure my wife and my daughters can see this person that reflects happiness, even with plan B, was a true blessing for me. This, as small as can be, is still a huge lesson that I now treasure, not only for the personal growth and the increase in my trust towards God, but because I was able to experience His blessings, what He had for us this December, spending the holidays with family that a long time I didn't see in Phoenix, friends in this community, just enjoying this country. So I thank you, God, for this experience, this uh, learning. And let's all stand up together and pray and ask the same thing. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for sending your presence, your Holy Spirit, every day to our lives. Thank you for giving yourself, for your sacrifice that we can live with you in eternity. And as we wait for that precious moment, please help us trust in you, obeying your commands, so that we can experience the peace that you have promised. Lord, here you have our worries, our plans. You know better, Lord. We ask you to drive our lives and show us a way to live closely to you every day. In your holy name, Jesus Christ, we praise. Amen.